Hi, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. As always, you can reach out to us at food at markbittman.com. We'd be delighted to hear from you and uh, love to get questions, answers, suggestions, and so on. That's food at markbittman.com. Also, you might want to subscribe to our near-daily newsletter, The Bitman Project, which is at bitmanproject.com or markbitman.com. And please subscribe to this podcast, leave us comments, and so on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bitman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? 
a tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out. I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Today's guest is the writer Michael Twitty, who I met a few years ago at a dinner cooked by Omar Tate, our mutual friend. We had a great time together, and I've admired Michael ever since. Mostly via Twitter, where he posts smart musings that are, shockingly, considering the platform, actually in line with who he is as a real-life person. So when I found out that Michael was publishing Kosher Soul, which is what he calls a food memoir with recipes, having him on to talk about it was an obvious and lovely way to reconnect. A no-brainer, as it were. A few things about Michael. His previous book, The Cooking Gene, won a James Beard Award. He's a black Jew. He converted to Judaism at age 25 and has spent a lot of time explaining to people that this is not as strange as they think. He's got some Irish descent. His Irish ancestors were enslavers, which Michael wrote about in The Guardian. With his efforts to change the food and culinary injustices that have plagued African Americans for hundreds of years, plus his work in helping the public understand how African-American food shaped American cuisine, he's become a real role model for many people. Michael is also a beautiful soul and a beautiful writer. Kate and I both read some of the passages in Kosher Soul more than once. These are just a few of the things that make Michael interesting, as you'll see from our conversation. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Michael, welcome to Food with Mark Bittman. It's really great to have you here. I appreciate it. Your new book, which is profound and beautiful, I want to say that up front, is called Kosher Soul, The Faith and Food Journey of an African-American Jew. I guess to put it simply, it's an exploration of the marriage of two of the world's most distinctive cultures and culinary cultures, African-Atlantic and the global Jewish diaspora. You write in the preface that your goal is to go beyond the strict borders of what black Jews eat or how black Jews cook or even how mainstream Jews, with mainstream being nothing more than a polite term for white, have absorbed black food traditions not usually seen as quote-unquote Jewish. Can you comment on that? Tell me a little bit about that. You know, there's this thing where people think that, well, in America, Jewish is Ashkenazi. Right. People don't think about the fact that for over three centuries, Jews in the American South and Jews in the Caribbean and Jews in Latin America and Jews in Brazil 
have been eating African Atlantic foods that have become part and parcel of how they honor Judaism. And of course, to the outside world, Judaism is just a religion. Whereas to Jews, Jewish, Judaism is about is one section of Jewish peoplehood. And so it's been integrated so far into the traditions that people don't even think about the dishes being something other than Jewish. And that's actually, as we both know, that's Jewish history. That's just the that's just how it works. The food, the language, even the clothing, all of those things get integrated and recombobulated over time. And then they take on the meaning of Jewish. And that Jewish can be black food and that black can be Jewish is something that people don't often really consider. Yeah. My experience was even more extreme than you're representing it because when we were growing up, and I'm obviously older than you and obviously white and obviously Ashkenazi, it was a revelation when I was 10 or 12 that there were non-Ashkenazi Jews. You know, at some point they said, oh, there's this thing called Sephardic, and it sort of tended to be this kind of mysterious uh, North African, Middle Eastern Mm -hmm. thing. And they pronounce Hebrew differently. That was kind of the the major thing. Was they, and sometimes they cook with saffron. You know that really right. wasn't it wasn't that bad, but it was a little like that. Surface, surface. Yeah. When my rabbi's um, uh, father, uh, bless him, came to America, he you know he comes to New York, and he struggled to find kinship with Jews from Poland, Jews from Russia. And so he, they ended up settling in an area that was part of the early Puerto Rican immigration. And even though his language, Ladino, was not Spanish, he found that the people and the language and the smell of the neighborhood was much closer to what he understood mm. than these other folks. And so he attracted other people from his community from southeastern Europe, and they set up a little shtubble there, a little kahila. And that was their synagogue for many, many years. People need to understand that American Jewish culture and food is going to change. It's going to change even more so. We have a lot of people who are the product of, so, so I hate to say the term mixed marriages, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People who are adopted, who don't look like what people think of as Jewish. We have people who are, who are white and Jewish, but by, by no means wedded to an old school Ashkenazi identity. They, they may be, too, too, you know, one third Irish by this point, but still identify as Jewish. So, you know, I, I guess sometimes I don't feel like the most exotic one in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that is the question you've gotten a million times, which is why convert to Judaism? Certainly you didn't do it in order to be the most exotic one in the room. Right. <laughs> No, I think I think that for me, now that I've had a chance to kind of reflect on some things, and it's been 20 some years, I think for me that Jewish peoplehood has complemented other parts of my identity very well. I think of it as a toolbox. If this doesn't fix the, fix this problem, another part of me will. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you survive? How do you function? You know, when I was growing up, I think you see I saw this in the book. I was really addicted to, you know, my books, I still am. And the way I would read a book, the way I would interact with it, the information, I would go from adult to adult because I grew up in a, you know, 
a non-kid household begging for like intellectual attention. It was not to be found mm. because people were, you know, people were dealing with their other stuff. And then, you know, I would go over so-and-so's house and I could spend hours there arguing. In a good way. In a mean. good way, yes. yeah, yeah. And learning how to and learning how to be an adult in some ways, you know, not you know, because you were still younger, but learning how to be an adult, having the pleasure of having your own mind and your own thoughts, you know, growing up in suburban DC, all the trappings were there. None of that stuff was particularly odd to me. You know, it was just like, you know, you had your Korean uh squid chips, you had the <laughs> Filipino stick dance, you had the sukkah in the fall. You know, you had the weddings with the kibbe, you had the quinceanaria. I mean, the whole, I'm glad I grew up that way. I'm glad I grew up very American because it gave me the opportunity to understand that the other wasn't scary and that we had a lot in common with each other, but also that I had options. That was, that was my way into food. I tell people all the time, you would go to somebody's house, you eat something really interesting, but unlike the kids today, the kids today, can they can go. You know, they snap, they snapshot it and they, they turn it all around the internet right. and they get answers. I had to go to the school card catalog to find out what I was eating, you know. <laughs> it does sound very American. It sounds very fortunate in a way, that kind of multi-culty thing. Mm-hmm. And like today, I do remember we had not only Sesame Street and a couple of other shows, but there was one particular show, I think it was called Today's Special. Oh, yeah, I remember it. You must be the same age as my kids. I could sing you that song, actually. Right? Yeah. And it was out, of, I think it was out of Canada or something. All these things collectively made you feel as though the melting pot salad bowl thing was what made you unique and different from every other nation. So if you grew up in, you know, in America or Canada, and now Great Britain has taken this identity on as well to some degree, now Australia. You feel as though, hey, this is what we do here. And so that to me, plus the fact that, you know, America without its Jewish culture, without its black culture, without its gay culture, (laughs) isn't really America anymore, especially from a culinary standpoint. Isn't it kind of interesting also that television winds up being sort of the most progressive? I mean, as, as dumb as it can be, it winds up. You know, the whole thing about Will and Grace, the whole thing about Seinfeld, the whole thing about, I don't know, the Jeffersons, like the way that, Mm -hmm. you know, formerly marginalized or whatever you want to call it, people become integrated, normalized, most widely accepted. It's so often television. I mean, as, you know, as dumb as this country can be and as problematic as it can be, if you watch television, it does seem like that kind of like rainbow culture and it's all kind of everybody right. loves each other and so Which on. Why I, I don't shy away from pop culture. I mean, I've, you know, in, in these circles, you know, you, of course, you know the deal. You meet people who are very sort of granola and sort of detached from that and almost take it as an insult if you make a pop culture reference. But I remember one time I was at some presentation signing books. And the kids from um, the now adults from Parkland were standing up. And I remember the young woman, and I said, she's very Billie Jean. And the person says, well, I don't know what that is. I don't watch TV. And I'm like, well, good for you. You didn't, grow, you, you didn't grow up a queer kid in America. And for me, even as a queer male, the image of this non-gender binary warrior chick, you know, in her teenage years was extraordinary. Right. And so, I, so yes, I had to pay attention to those little cues and crumbs 
that were left for me. And I even said this to people. I said, you know, growing up with Archie Bunker and George Jefferson was a revelation because, you know, something on those programs, it wasn't the, 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 the luridness of his epithets and insults. It was the fact that somebody was confronting. It wasn't polite. It was a confrontation. In Kosher Soul, I talk about Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy wasn't a treatise, but it was Alfred Uri's testament to an Atlanta Southern Jewish existence. And that a lot of people just simply did not know that there were Jews in the Deep South. Even in the 1980s and 90s, Mm -hmm. I didn't know they existed. You just mentioned something like this about not being the most unusual person in the room. And you say in the book, being black and being Jewish is not an, an anomaly or a rare thing. But most people don't meet black American Jews. Can you just talk about that? Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. It got me right in the butt, in the tuchus, when I figured out that the majority of biracial friends that I had that were black were black and Jewish, and they didn't talk about it. I was like, wow, that there were these, you know, sort of deeper connections and histories, that there were all these unspoken things that we appeared in each other's pictures. And then when I, you know, was became Jewish, all of a sudden, they came out of the closet. And I'm just like, what, what, what? And they said there was so much stuff they had to deal with in their families. They didn't want to talk about it. Eight out of 10, 80% would have been okay to go into any any shul and say a bracha over the Torah. Most of them, most of them were matrilineal descent, which I accept all everybody, I accept everybody, but just making that point. So we're like, it's 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 weird. It's like it's it's always been a connection. It's always been these little, you know, little pieces. And yet to find them, it's like a Roman mosaic where you know, a lot of pieces are gone. But you can clearly see a bit of a tusk and an ear tells you it's an elephant they were depicting. I did a podcast about a year ago with a guy named Christopher Carter from San Diego. I don't know mm-hmm. if you, you might or might not know him. But we got into this thing that I, that's a conversation I haven't had a lot since then, but you know, boom, there is this quote in your book, which is, to be Jewish is to be inside and outside of whiteness in America. Let's say that's something that progressive Jews confront all the, progressive white Jews, forgive me, confront Mm -hmm. all the time right now. Maybe not especially of my age, but when we grew up, you know, was in the shadow of the Holocaust and we were taught to be outsiders. We really Mm -hmm. were. And yet, you know, our parents were, I'm just when I say our, I mean the kids in my neighborhood, our parents were pretty successful, and then we all went to good schools, and then we've all been pretty successful. And, you know, I don't experience any anti-Semitism. I'm sure I could go out of my way and find some if I want, if I wanted to, but it's not like driving while black or something like that, where, you know, right. if you're a black person in America, you're reminded of it all the time. So I guess there's not a question here, but to me, this is one of the most interesting points that you make and maybe you just want to expound on it a little bit. My rabbi told me when I went to the mikvah, he says, I need to tell you something. Every Shabbat where you have to travel to the shul 
I, every time you need to, every time, even if you're going to walk from someone's house, I want you to have your ID on you. And I guess because my mother said it, my father said it, every elder I knew said it, it didn't dawn on me how particular that comment was. And he was like, he was very insistent to the point where he was just like, this is pikuach nefesh, this is saving a life. He says, I don't want you to be in a situation where you are singled out or you are profiled. He was not the most liberal of people, but I'm going to say that it dawned on me like light years later, how deep and profound that was. Or that when my students during the George Floyd summer, you know, now they're in their twenties and early thirties and they reached out to me and they said, I didn't always get it, but now I get it. And I get it because, you know, you said things to us and taught us things that I wouldn't have heard otherwise. You know, sometimes they would apologize for unfortunate comments they had made or something. But a lot of them were just like, hey, I'm a teacher now. I'm a social worker. I'm a lawyer. I work in government. I work in social services. And guess what? I wouldn't get this if I hadn't seen some of the things you went through or talked to you about certain things in the context of us being in Hebrew school. And that, that really froze me. It made me feel like I was doing something or that I hadn't done enough, could have done more. I guess people need to understand that it's not as simple as you just show up and who cares what you are? You know, these things will go, they go with you. And, you know, how you shape it is up to you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. 
Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out. I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What's kosher soul mean? I figured figured this out, and I kind of confessed it early on, that kosher soul isn't... The reason, another reason why I'm glad I did a food memoir with recipes as opposed to a full-on, full-fledged cookbook. And sometimes those kind of books get lost. You know, I'm not trying to, I wasn't trying to define a trend or a tradition because clearly it was all over the map. For me personally, kosher soul is an active, thoughtful, blending, fusing playfulness with all these different traditions. And I joke about, you know, calling my tradition Afro Ashkafardi. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But at the same time, I learned that if you were Jewish in Atlanta or Montgomery or Birmingham or Memphis or someplace, 
the phenomenon of the food mixing was mostly Ashkenazi and black. It wasn't Sephardi and black. And I thought, oh, right. Because if you already have mamaliga, polenta, okra, bamya, tomatoes, peppers, then you already have the, 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 the building, the, 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 the key ingredients are the same. Why do, you, why do I want to mess with what I got? There were very different ways of relating to food. But the other tradition was, whoa, you know, this is so different from what we're used to. And so Black folks got a little kugel. They got a little uh, matzo ball soup. They certainly got deli food brisket out of the deal. The other way it went around was that people got, Ashkenazi Jews got, you know, all the goodies, the kishka and black eyed peas, the matzo fried chicken, all the whole, the whole, the whole, <laughs> whole shebang, sweet potato kugel. And, you know, I had someone who, someone who was not so polite, who did like a, like a pre, pre, pre-review. And they were like, just because you put yam in front of it doesn't make it a kugel. And I'm like, sweetie, this recipe doesn't come from me. This recipe came from Mrs. Mildred Covert of Blessed Memory, who got that recipe, as she well admits. It's when her mother and the women, the Black women she worked with, their worlds came together. I'm not making this up. So I didn't want to have a, I didn't want to have this glossy, pretty, food porny book that seemed, was gimmicky and, and, and it pretended to be something it wasn't. So all of that is part of my education. So kosher soul is, is like multiple caterpillar segments. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of different pieces, but they're connected. They really are connected. This might be a little naive of me, but I think people would enjoy hearing the story of the catering gig and the Yankee wife of the Southern rabbi and the collard greens. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Do you like that so, story? Yeah, yeah, I can talk about that. <laughs> so I had a, I had a really, I had a, it's a, there's, there's a sadness to it because I really, really, really was kind of close to this person at one point. And uh, they went to rabbinic, rabbinical school and they had a, an a, a appointment and they asked you to come do a dinner. I said, okay. And it was really, you know, wintry weather. It was cold, but we made it happen. And I thought I was cool with her. And I don't know what made her read me as different as was this time. But she had a child and they were, they were young parents, very young parents. And he sent her to the store because he has to do multiple things, getting ready for the evening. And she, he's got the baby. She goes to the store. Picks up these collard greens to make collard green crepe lock, one of my dishes I made for the the um the the assembled. And she marches back in there angry as hell. You know, she was like, What what are these? Why why did you bring this into my house? <laughs> and I was like, Wow. You know, it wasn't these were not fuddy duddies, these were kids, you know, mid-20-something kids. These were not, you know, these were people, they're people who grew up. I mean, for God's sake, you're from Forest Hills. Get out of here. You know what a collard green is. You know, get out of here with that nonsense. So you walk into a Jewish deli. What do you order? Okay. So pastrami, it cannot be lean. Good for you. And if I'm in a, if I'm in a, like the full, full-fledged place, I got to have kasha varnishkas. Mm. Yes, that's it. That's the number one. My grandmother made awesome kasha varnishkas. <laughs> My grandmother made the best kishka 
I mean, I, I don't think I've had it since she died. I won't either. Wow. <laughs> wow. Similarly, you go into what we used to call an appetizing store to buy food for brunch. What do you get there? I'm going to be very boring. Yeah, well, it's okay. uh, bagel and bagel and sky and cream cheese. I don't have the the best like cured fish taste. I really don't. I can I can trouble a little lox, different types of lox. Mm-hmm. You know, I've certainly I'm a, I'm a veteran of um, not just Russ and Dars, a couple other places that make very good product, but Whitefish, Mark, some sub clubs you do can, it for you. Listen, sub clubs you can join in. That ain't for me. You're missing out. I suggest you try it every five years just to make sure you still don't like it, you know, because sometimes (laughs) things change. True. Okay, last question. We ask everyone this. What did you have for dinner last night? What did I have for dinner last night? Tomato soup. Made by you or from a can? Well, semi-homemade. Uh-huh. It was was not, it was not not the Campbell version. I will say that. And so I have all these new tomatoes that are popping up. The first ones have come out the garden. So I got to figure that out. But now we have all these like ton of herbs. And so that's always the, the pleasure is like, you know, when the first herbs come out, the first tomatoes come out and, you know, putting those things together. And it's just, it's just great. And I've got Kalaloo in the garden as well that needs to be harvested. So I said, well, let's, let's put all this stuff together and make it work and I'll play around with it. But I promise you in about, Two months, I'm going to be in immersion blender hell <laughs> with all these damn tomatoes up growing and other stuff. And we're putting in and taking some other garden. But um, we also have these beautiful blackberries coming. And so I'm looking forward to blackberry ice cream soon. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, it's funny. I did last night. It's the kind of thing that just happens seasonally, organically by itself. I just wound up like grabbing all these herbs and throwing them in the blender with a little water and a little oil, and that was it. But I thought, I haven't done that in a year. I mean, it's not quite a year, but I haven't done that in a while. You know, oregano and, and mint and sage and rosemary and just sort of right. like, it was all right there. It's like right. walk out the door. It's right there. I love that. I'm going to flip the script on you for a second. And because you're the flavor man among among many talents, one thing I've been trying to figure out is... There's, there's sometimes when I cook Afroshkenazi or Afroshkavardi where it match, it all matches up. You know, of course, you, you know what I'm about to say, the onion, the garlic, mm-hmm. the herbal element, the classic Middle East and the cumin, the coriander, da, 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 da. Yeah. and the hot peppers, the ginger, all that kind of good stuff. And then there are other times when it just it doesn't compute. And sometimes I feel like is it a cold weather versus hot weather thing? Is it, you know, uh, one of the dishes that I have made and uh, I put in kosher soul that I really enjoy, it's called Yiddish Eribanus. And so I took all the stuff in Eastern Europe that had pop to it and put it in one recipe the way it never exists in reality. So the horseradish, the garlic, the hot paprika, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And use that as like a, like a barbecue rub. And then over cherry and oak, you know, making flank and ribbing and stuff like that. And, you know, that's, I guess, when you ask me the question all about kosher soul, I kind of want to flip it and ask you, are, are, there, are there ever areas of African Atlantic and Jewish diaspora foodways where you see any sort of flavor intersections? It's more, it's more that I, 
I'm not sure I ever learned the differences. I mean, there's this way in which it becomes sort of all about onions. I mean, you just mentioned all these ingredients, but when you sort of start to look at what's fundamental, Mm -hmm. one of the major ingredients of hot dogs is cumin. But you don't know that when you're an eight-year-old kid eating hot dogs. You're like, this really tastes great. And then 20 years later, you find out, oh, this is like an exotic, I'm using air quotes, (laughs) an exotic spice. But I'm not answering your question. You know, I I don't think I consider myself, I mean, I'm a Jew and I'm a cook, so I'm a Jewish cook, but I don't consider myself really an expert in Jewish food. I don't consider myself someone who cooks Jewish food that much. So I don't know that I, you know, can really answer that question well. I do know that in recent years, that sort of tendency toward North African, Middle Eastern flavors has just grown and grown and grown. That mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. human, you know, right. for sure. But also that kind of odd, it's not odd anymore, but that kind of odd um, sweet and sour apricots yeah. and prunes and walnuts and, and, sugar, and, pepper. and right. vinegar yeah. to it. Right. You know, that, that kind of thing. And then I thought, well, I don't know, my grandmother did make stuffed cabbage, and that's what the sauce was, was like mm-hmm. a raisins and tomatoes and vinegar mm-hmm. and that kind of. And I never thought of that, you know, Middle European, Eastern European food as having any relationship to North African, Middle Eastern food, but it does. And that's exactly why I had a hesitation. Several people had suggested stuffed collards, but my problem is, is that I'm not an aficionado of of stuffed cabbage. I've had it in different forms. I don't think I've ever really made stuffed collard greens. And I wanted to get it right. But also every recipe, you know, speaks to a certain person's life journey, identity, origin, as opposed to saying, this is how the Black Jews make their stuff. You know, I didn't want to do that. I felt so inauthentic and that was like, nah. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not making up a, a, a you know a dictionary of fake terms so people can be happy with it and throw it in a you know a bargain bin, you know somewhere in a couple of years. I wanted something that was really going to tell people stories, and there were some recipes that people just simply weren't into, which is fine, which is totally fine. You know, it was that's totally right. fine. Right, right, right. I mean, I just no, you know, the idea of putting. Craisins, golden raisins, and raisins with collard greens. I think there's also, I think there's also a little bit of that. In as much as there are connections, there's also resistances to certain things. Like, no, we were not going to be the ones to do the ground meat, the sugary stuff, the vinegar, and the the greens. Nope. And yet, it makes perfect sense. Yet, it makes perfect sense because many people do make collards with the sweet and you know, vinegary. And I was like, eh, eh. something's not computing here, even though it makes perfect sense. So not everything is welcome at the table, but other things just have to be there. Well, you got to make a lot of dishes so everyone's happy. But I, the thing about cooking and, and sort of relaxing into it is, you know, if you make it and you like it, it's yours. And, you know, doesn't mean everybody's going to like it, but if you're into it, that's the whole thing. We're going to do Michael Twitty's wonderful recipe for black-eyed pea hummus. And um, 
I'm going to read you his head note because it'll give you an example of how great Michael's writing is. Black eyed peas are a strong link between the two diaspora cuisines, probably meeting in the Nile River Valley and the Fertile Crescent. Originally from ancient West Africa, black eyed peas are a significant part of the cuisine of the Levant to this day, moving with African people throughout the region. Hummus, emblematic and beloved by many cultures in the Levant, is a dish that relies on the staple legume of the Arab farmer and ancient biblical standby, the chickpea. Here, the black-eyed pea, loaded with mystical symbolism and its own honored place in West and Central Africa, replaces the chickpea. Okay, this makes four to six servings. I'm going to give you ingredients. Uh, Two cups cooked or one 15-ounce can of black-eyed peas rinsed and drained. A quarter cup olive oil. A third of a cup tahini. A third of a cup fresh lemon juice. One and a half teaspoons kosher salt or soul seasoning. There's a recipe for that in the book. Four garlic cloves chopped. One teaspoon sweet or smoked paprika. A half teaspoon ground cumin. A half teaspoon ground coriander. A half teaspoon chili powder. One teaspoon brown or turbinado sugar. One teaspoon hot sauce. And two teaspoons minced parsley for garnish. This is pretty simple. You ready? Assemble those ingredients, throw everything but the parsley into a food processor, and blend until smooth. Taste and add more spice, hot sauce, or whatever you think it needs. To serve, sprinkle parsley and drizzle olive oil on top. There you go. Sometimes the best nuggets in these conversations happen after I turn off the recording device, but that didn't happen today. We got a lot of good stuff, and I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you. To the ever-thoughtful Michael Twitty, you can follow him on Instagram at The Cooking Gene, The Cooking Gene, G-E-N-E, and on Twitter at Kosher Soul. Kosher Soul is out today, so go buy it. Thanks also to Kate Bittman, our producer, Davis Lloyd, our engineer, and Moby Hall, who did our theme music. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and to consider subscribing to our newsletter, The Bittman Project at bitmanproject.com. You can also find me at markbitman.com or at bitman on Twitter or at markbitman on Instagram for that matter. Okay, thanks and see you next week when we will have someone awesome. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.